Hey everyone, this is Anna again. Welcome back to bonus episode number two. We are going to be talking about all about how to start from seed. In our last bonus episode, we talked about how to get started with gardening. And in that episode, I mentioned about how there's two options when you're actually ready to plant. You can either start from seed or you can buy transplants. And the transplants are seeds that other people started that are usually six to eight weeks old once you buy them. Um, But if you start from seed, you can have so much fun with all the different varieties. I mean, there are literally hundreds of different varieties um, for like fruits and vegetables and herbs. And you can find some really fun, unique stuff that you usually can't find in nurseries. So today we're going to be talking about how to get started with those seeds because it can be kind of tricky, especially if you're a beginner and you, you know, you've never done this before. It can feel a little overwhelming. There's a lot of information out there on how to start seeds. So, I mean, I will say this is only my second year doing this. So I am by no means, I'm not going to call myself an expert, but I've learned a lot and I start a lot of stuff from seed. Like I said, I don't know everything. This is what I have learned. I'm going to share all that with you because so far it's really worked well for me. There are tons of different ways that you can start from seed. There's a lot of different methods. I am going to talk about what the method that I use. Um, But I mean, again, there's so many things you can do. Pinterest, again, is your friend. I mean, you can use, you can cut up like old milk cartons, the creamer bottles, um, yogurt cups, uh, newspaper pots or pots made out of old toilet paper paper uh, and paper towel rolls. Um, So I would look on Pinterest for ideas for like the pots, the variety of things you can use to make pots to start your seeds. You can just use plastic cups. Like there are so many different options. But what I use um, is called, they're called soil blockers. And what they are is they're like these metal contraption things that basically compress my soil into these cubes. And um, what's nice about that is that let's they have the smallest one is like three fourth of an inch cube, so I can fit like 250 of those in one of my trays. I can germinate a lot, and then as they germinate, I can move them to they have a two inch cube, so I'll stick the three fourth inch cube into the two inch cube, and then once it outgrows that one, I can stick it into a four inch cube. But that's the method that I started with this year. And the reason I chose to do that is because if you listen to episode two where Kat interviews me on the podcast, um, you'll learn that uh, I really try and reduce our waste. And last year when I was gardening, I used plastic pots and like the cheap plastic trays and they would break after one use and it was just so much waste. And so this year I really try to figure out a way to reduce that and I found out about the soil blockers and they've been really awesome. I've I've really enjoyed the system but if this is your first time starting from seed maybe I don't suggest that for beginner beginners because it definitely is a little bit more complicated um, just because you have to get your soil mixture just right but if you're more experienced I would suggest looking into it because it's actually really cool. It's definitely an investment but if you plan on starting a lot from seed and you don't want to buy like hundreds and hundreds of plastic pots. It's it's something to look into. Okay, but the other things that are really important, um, you need a light source. Um, you need something to put your seedlings on. And um, so what I do is, like I said, I'm starting so much from seed. So I have two five-tier metal shelving racks and I just use regular 
shop lights with LED bulbs that I get from Lowe's. And I attach my lights to my shelving with S hooks, um, which means I can like adjust the chain on the lights. So when my plants are smaller, they're closer to the light. And then as they get bigger, I move the light up and, um, that's really nice. I really like that. And then I have my, like I said, my soil blockers and I put them in like a two tray system. So I have, um, one tray that has a bunch of holes in it and then I have a tray below it. And that is when they get to a certain point, I will water from below. Um, so I'll pour the water into the tray underneath and it waters them that way. Um, and then you want to have some sort of plastic dome or something to cover your plants when you're germinating them because you want to create like a really nice, warm, cozy little house for your seeds. I use heat mats. Um, people will tell you you don't have to use heat mats. I really like them because I, I feel like they speed up the germination process a lot, but you want to make sure you get ones that are specifically for starting seeds. You don't just want to use a heat mat that, you know, the same one you use for your shoulder or your back or whatever. You need one specifically for starting seeds. Um, and you also, the the seed starting medium that you use is really important. So you want something that's super, super fine. Last year when I first started from seed, I didn't really know what I was looking for when I first got into this. And I think I got like a potting soil. You do not want to use a potting soil. It's too coarse. It's too chunky. You want something really fine because having that contact with the soil and the seed is what's going to help it germinate. So you want something super fine. Like I use coconut core. Um, There are tons of mixes that are pre-made that you can buy that are really good. Um, But again, because I use the soil blocking method, I mix all mine up myself. And I use coconut core and I use worm castings, the green sand, rock phosphate, and the garden lime. Um, And that's worked really well for me. I feel like my plants do really well in that. So again, that's really important. You want to make sure you have a good start, a good seed starting medium. So you have your little situation set up. You have a light source, you have your mats, you have your trays, your shelves, whatever you're going to use. You have it all ready to go. You have your seeds. So what you want to do is you want to organize your seeds by their germination rate. So on the back of a seed packet, it is going to tell you when the seedlings are most likely to emerge. So like, let's say for tomatoes, um, I want to say it's like five to seven days. Um, I think a bell pepper is like 10 to 21 days or something like that. You want to look on the back of all the seeds that you got and you want to organize them around so they're all around like the same germination rate. So if you have 10 things you're going to start in the same tray, you want them all to germinate within the same time frame. So like between like five to 10 days or so. And then the ones that take longer to germinate, you can put all of those together in one tray. And the reason that that's important is because let's say you have plants that germinate at five days in the same tray as the ones that are going to germinate at 21 days. You are going to want to keep those on the heat mat in their dome until almost all of the seeds germinate. And when you do that, the ones that germinated earlier on are going to become really tall and leggy and they're going to fall over. They're not going to be strong. It's just, it sets you up for failure. So you want to first organize them again, by their germination rate, um, so that all of them are together that are going to germinate around the same time. So, and all that information should be on the back of your seed packets. Another thing to think about is um, the percentage of how many of your seeds are actually going to germinate, because that varies from variety 
to or from from type of vegetable. So like I think it's 55% uh, of your bell pepper seeds will germinate, 75% of your corn tomato seeds will germinate, and I think it's like 40% for spinach. So that comes in handy so you're not panicking when only you plant like, you know, 20 spinach seeds and only like a small percentage actually germinate. That's just the nature of the seed. It's just something to, you know, comfort yourself with um, to know that. So that's where like I usually put like two to three seeds per per little pot or um, soil block. That way I have a higher percent chance that at least one of those things, one of those seeds is going to germinate for me. All right, so you have all that. One of the most common problems to look out for is called damping off. And damping off is when your soil mix gets too wet. And this is actually really easy to do. Um, and your you'll notice like your plants will literally just like disintegrate in front of your eyes. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like you might see them germinate and you're really excited that they finally germinated and they're up and then they'll either stop growing or they will fall over or they will kind of just like melt and disappear. Like it's it's pretty crazy. One thing to think about is you want your soil mix to be about as moist as a moist cupcake. So you don't want it too wet. You don't want it too dry because that will also cause your things to either not germinate or die when they do germinate. So that's where having a spray bottle really comes in hand while you're waiting for your things to germinate. Um, that I that has made a huge difference because you don't want to soak them. So having a spray bottle you can just mist them with really helps control that. You can also use cinnamon and uh, chamomile tea. So you can dilute chamomile tea and put that in your spray bottle and spray that on your plants. And you can sprinkle cinnamon on top of your soil if you're really worried about damping off. But once it happens, it's really, there's really nothing you can do to fix it. So it's better to just, you know, I know it's so sad, but get rid of that batch and start again all over. Make sure you sterilize your your stuff, your pots, your trays, whatever you're going to use because you don't want bacteria to transfer over to your new seedlings. So you can use like hot soapy water. You can leave out in the sun. You can spray them with hydrogen peroxide. There's a couple things you can do, but definitely do that, especially if you're going to like be reusing pots or containers. You want to sanitize those before you use them again. Okay, but the cinnamon and the, the chamomile tea will help as like a preventative. Once they germinate and you've done a really good job of organizing them, so they all germinate around the same time. Um, I usually leave them on the heat mat in the dome for like a day after they germinate just to kind of make sure that they, you know, can pop up and they have like their their leaves are open. And then you want to move them off the heat mat. And then a day after you move them off the heat mat, you want to take off the dome. That way you don't shock them from going to like a nice, warm, cozy little house to suddenly cold and not warm and cozy. Then like if you, let's say you put three or four seeds and they all germinated, you want to wait to see which one is going to be the strongest of those. And once you figure out which one's going to be the strongest, you want to cut the other ones back. Some people have success with separating them and transplant them into different pots. I personally haven't 
really had success with that. Um, but it doesn't mean that you won't. So if you want to try it, you're more than welcome to. Um, but just know you don't want to go, you don't want to plant too many seeds in one pot because then like the roots can get really tangled up and it just, it, it can be a mess and it can be a headache to try and separate those apart. And that that's called thinning them out when you are trying to pick your, your strongest one. And sometimes if I'm not sure, I'll leave two that I think are really good and wait to see as they get, you know, as they get bigger. Because, I mean, you really don't have to thin them out until they start showing their true leaves. So, like, the first leaves that come up when they germinate, those are not their true leaves. You'll notice a few days after that that there'll be leaves in the center that are starting to pop up and open. And those are their true leaves. So, you can wait until that point until you really have to worry about thinning them out. And then understanding your seed packet. So this is really important to understand. So there are plants that are advised to be outdoor sown or direct seeded. Um, and that's usually like your your beans, your corn, your squashes, that kind of thing. Usually on the packet, it will say like outdoor sown. And that just means you literally take the seed and you put it in your garden bed. Like you don't start inside. You don't do any of this stuff that we're talking about. You just put it outside. You keep it moist. You wait for it to germinate. Um, and then it grows. Um, and so... The days to harvest for those vegetables, that gets calculated from when they germinate. So let's say you have a green bean and it says it will emerge in 7 to 14 days, okay? And it germinates on day 7, and so you see it come through the soil. Then 50 days from that day, so the days to harvest for that bean specifically is 50 days. So you will calculate the 50-day mark from day 7 when it germinated, not day 1 when you planted it in. So, And also, all varieties have different days to harvest. So that's really important to look at. Like Some will vary with, like with 5, 10 days. Some will be 20-day difference, a 30-day difference. So it's important to pay attention to that. And also, a lot of things that say they can be outdoor sown, you can start inside. I'm a control freak, and I start just about everything inside. I start my corn, my squash, my beans, all of it because I like to control the germination rate and that way it helps me plan out better when I am transplanting them, where to put them and how many I have to plant and all that stuff. I probably make it way more harder on myself than I need to, but that's the system that I use and so far it's worked so but you don't have to do that if it says it can be outdoor sown you can put it outside Um, it just it might take longer for to germinate depending on what your weather's like at that point because if it's cold it's going to take longer for to germinate than if it's warm so just take that into consideration so now your days to harvest for the plants that you usually start inside like your tomatoes and bell peppers that's where it gets tricky so like your tomatoes, your days to harvest, let's say on a Roma tomato, I think it's like 70 or 75 days. So that day, the 70 to 75 days is from when you transplant that tomato. That means that like you would have to start that tomato five to six weeks. And once it's five to six weeks old, then you transplant it and then you start the 70 days to harvest. You don't start the days to harvest from when it germinates or when you put the seed in your soil. You have to start your days to harvest from the time that you are planting it outside. And I think for tomatoes and like bell peppers, it's usually about five to six weeks that they advise that you wait to transplant them. 
and again, like there are so many different varieties that will be ready to harvest at different times. Like I think there's some that are ready to harvest about 60 days. There's some that are ready to be harvested at 95 days. So depending on your um, growing climate and how many days you have in your growing season, that is really important to think about because if you have a short growing season, there's no way that you're going to be able to grow plants that take, you know, like a hundred days. There's definitely ways you can kind of get around it. And you that's where you can start things that say they can be outdoor sown. You can start them inside and that will kind of give you like a head start. So you can grow more in a shorter growing season or you can grow a ton in a really long growing season. Like what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to fit like as much as I can into our growing season as possible. And that's where starting a lot of stuff inside, even if it can be planted directly outside, is is gonna help me achieve that goal. And also, so like with tomatoes, there's two different kinds. There's determinate and indeterminate. The determinate means that all of those tomatoes on that plant are gonna be ready at like about the same time. Indeterminate means that they, you'll have tomatoes becoming ripe. Sometimes they'll start, you know, like for like, 30 days or so you could be harvesting tomatoes even longer than that so but that's just something to think about too um so and like i said there are literally hundreds of varieties of tomatoes bell peppers eggplants you name it there are so many varieties what you see in the grocery store is probably like maybe one percent of what's possible when you start finding seeds. It's it's crazy. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so now that you understand kind of the seed packet a little bit more and the seed packets, like the seeds that you'll get from the, the big box stores, they aren't very detailed. Um, but the seed packets you're going to get from smaller nurseries or like they're nice, the really nice nurseries that you can find online. Those seed packets are going to have so much more information. But I mean, they're going to tell you like the days to harvest, how deep to plant them, when they're going to emerge, when to thin them out, how tall they're going to be. All the stuff that you need to know should be on the seed packet. Oh, one thing to, to think about too is is fertilizing your plants. Um, again, like I don't use synthetic fertilizers or I don't use synthetic anything. I try and keep it as natural as possible. And so there are a few things you can do like with your tomato plants once they, and your bell peppers too, I use this on both of them. Once they've gotten bigger and I think I waited until they were maybe like three weeks old, I mixed up some Epsom salts. Once your seeds do get bigger, um, like I really can water from below on most of my seeds now. Um, you want to use your your spray bottle really until they have like their true leaves. Um, and then you can start watering from below and that will help strengthen the root system. So when you water from below and you know your plants are looking really good and you want to kind of give them a boost, you can mix in like a little bit of Epsom salt and warm water. I want to say it's like a tablespoon to a gallon. You can just put that on there and they'll really like it. But again, like you don't really have to worry about that too much because when you transplant them, that's when I have been mixing in like the bio life stuff that I mentioned in the last bonus episode. I mix that in uh, when I transplant them. I mix it into the soil around where I'm going to put them in. You can also get a product. I think it's called Root Zone and I'm sure there's other there's other options that are similar to it, but I soak my 
transplants like like the roots i soak the roots in this mixture before like 20 minutes before i um, transplant them and that's going to help also with like the mycorrhizal fungi and the bacteria and the microbes and all that good stuff it's going to help to establish that connection and that relationship so you can do that too um so that's when i would suggest you you can do the epsom salts for your tomatoes and bell peppers um you can try it out on your other stuff but you don't want to do you don't want to go too crazy with it because remember that so fertilizers are nitrogen and nitrogen is responsible for the, the lush green growth which is really nice and it looks pretty but if there's too much lush green and not enough energy is being put into actually growing like either the roots or the fruits um, then you're not going to really have anything to harvest. You're just going to have really big green leafy plants. So don't go too crazy with the fertilizers. So now you're ready to transplant your stuff. And this is the probably my least favorite part about gardening is the hardening off period. That's what it's called. So you want to take like five to seven days and every day you're going to take your plants outside and ease them in to the sunlight and the outdoor elements so like day one they'll get three hours of sun and then you can either bring it back inside or move them into the shade and then the next day you can increase it to maybe get five hours of sun and the next day they can get like eight hours of sun and you want to ease them into getting a full day's worth of sun so you really got to ease the plants into that otherwise they'll get transplant shock and they'll die to protect all the hard work that you've put into raising these seed babies it's important to take those few days to harden them off and then they're ready to transplant. Um, and so again, at that point, you're going to pick where you're going to put them in your garden. You can either do like the root zone soaking of the roots. You can put in the bio live into the soil where you're going to put the transplant and then you should be good to go. And then you just want to water it really deeply and then you're all set. And you just, I would keep track in a, like in a notebook or a calendar or whatever, when you started the plant, when it germinated, when you're transplanting it, and then the days to harvest. Because trust me, like you'll think you can remember this stuff and then you can't, (laughs) at least I can't. I have to write down everything or I do not remember. Try and keep track of that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's how you can start from seed. And if anybody has questions about this stuff, um, you can comment or message us on our Instagram uh, or our Facebook, or you can email us at podcast at mofacoutah.com. Okay. Thanks, guys.